Entrepreneur on Fire 769. Don't do something just for the money. It needs to make an impact and make a profit. If you're prepared to ignite, there's only one place to go. Entrepreneur on Fire with your host, John Lee Dumas. Ever feel like you're on app overload? Not with Igloo, an internet you'll actually like. Get your team in sync. Try Igloo free for up to 10 people at igloosoftware.com slash fire. Your branding is the face of your business. Make a great impression with creative professional designs from 99designs. Visit 99designs.com slash fire and get a power pack upgrade free. What's shaking, Fire Nation? John Lee Dumas here, and I am fired up to bring you our featured guest today, Jeff Hayes. Jeff, are you prepared to ignite? I am. <laughs> oh, yes. Jeff is a serial entrepreneur and a filmmaker who's been shortlisted for an Academy Award for his film on native soil. He's completed eight consecutive crowdfunding campaigns and has been featured in Forbes as a crowdfunding experts. Jeff, I've given Fire Nation just a little insight, so share more about you personally, then expound upon the biz. I am uh, 56 years old. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've started tons of companies. I've had huge successes, and I've also had uh, stunning failures. And I got to tell you, my greatest value has come from the failures, uh, I, you know, it's not anything I would wish on anybody, but it's certainly where the vast majority of my experiences come from. And I started making films 20 years ago and about three years ago started doing that almost exclusively. Um, I've always kind of gone back to that in between entrepreneurial ventures, but we're, we're really starting to get a handle on a niche in the market. And this crowdfunding piece is really a an astounding tool, not just for filmmakers, but for entrepreneurs. So Jeff, we're in luck because we actually talk uh, a decent amount about failures here on Entrepreneur on Fire. So it's pretty fortunate for us that you have some absolute stunning ones. But before we get to those stories, we always start, Jeff, with a success quote. So share that quote and why you chose it. So it's funny. This is on every email I've sent for the last three years. And it's the surest way to happiness is to lose yourself in a cause greater than yourself. And I lifted this from a a mentor um, named Lou Sportelli. And it... uh, I ask his permission to start using that because I've, I've found nothing to be more true. The surest way to happiness is to lose yourself in a cause greater than yourself. So Jeff, I love this for so many reasons because, you know, for me, I look at my journey and when it's, when I was turned inwards, you know, when I was focused on my success, like making money for my bank account, like trying to, to do me, 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 like I kept burning out, you know, I kept hitting walls and I kept feeling unfulfilled. But then when I turned things to the outside, you know, I tried to just become a person of value first and foremost, things changed, you know, things changed, my my entire attitude about life changed, and then my success with the ventures, with that attitude, Entrepreneur on Fire being the most specific, absolutely changed. And there's actually that great quote by Albert Einstein, try not to become a person of success, but rather a person of value. 
So Jeff, thanks for sharing that, my friends. And now let's kind of move forward here. And, and let me give you a little, a little rundown of how Entrepreneur on Fire is different than uh, your run-of-the-mill interview podcast. Because we don't just talk about why you're such a rock star right now. I mean, we're going to get to that because you are a rock star. But Jeff, before that, you've had your ups, you've had your downs. Let's analyze one of these stunning failures. Jeff, tell us a story. Take us to that moment in time right before you failed. Walk us through that failure. And then let's talk about some lessons learned. In 2004, I made a movie called, that was a response to Michael Moore's movie, Fahrenheit 9-11. I did a movie called Fahrenheit 9-11. <laughs> I, got, I got Dick Morris to host it and uh, Senator Zell Miller and Mayor Ed Koch. And, and I put Ann Coulter in it to make everybody mad. And I, I literally shot this film from start to finish in 28 days which you can't do the pre-production in 28 days. It was an impossible task. We got it done. And on the 29th day, I got a call from Patrick Byrne at Overstock.com, and he ended up that day buying it from me for $2.6 million, and it cost me 500000 to make. And uh, you know, so it, and we, he had great success with the film. I took the money that I made from that and I launched a company called Pod Fitness. We ended up raising a total of 20 million. And the, the idea we did downloadable, customized workouts for your iPod. Now, again, remember this is 2005, right? There was no such thing as an iPhone. There were no such thing as apps. We, I have eight patents on, on what we created. We were, wildly ahead of the market. Uh, and, and, it, you know, our market was really 40-year-old females, mothers for exercise, who it turned out they weren't really able to use iTunes. They had their teenage son uh, load their music on their iPod for them. And so we had completely missed the market. And I did not want to admit that I was wrong and so I kept raising money and pouring money into the company. And five years later, you know, we were still putting money in when, you know, when I finally uh, quit. And my partners were mad at me for quitting. They, you know, the founder can't quit. The, the thing is, if I was to peel it back and tell the truth, I knew six months in that we were on the wrong path. Oh. And I stubbornly said, I'm going to make it work. And so dis discerning between when it's time to pivot and when it's time to completely admit, you know, the market doesn't want this dream product of mine. Um, if I was to be honest with myself, I knew. Um, and every dollar that I raised from investors past that point was immoral. So Jeff, using that phrase, being able to discern when it's time to pivot and when it's time to quit is so powerful for our listeners. And you know, there's a great book by Seth Godin that a lot of people get the wrong impression of because unfortunately they don't read it thoroughly. You know, the book is called The Dip. You know, it's about how every business is going to hit this dip in this valley and you just sometimes just need to power through it and so many businesses give up right on the precipice of that success, you know, one foot away from that gold and it's so sad to see. But there's another angle of that book that Seth talks very eloquently about where he says, sometimes when you're in a hole, you just have to, you just have to stop digging. <laughs> like that's the only way 
to get out of that hole. And and Jeff, that's where you found yourself. You found yourself in a hole. And unfortunately, in that situation, you just kept digging. So what would you want to kind of break out of that and share with Fire Nation as, you know, maybe a way that, you know, we, the listeners, can learn from this experience? Like, what would you have done differently at the onset, you know, before you got as in deep as that hole as you ended up getting that could have really helped you out? Well, there's a whole new um, way of doing startups that that completely, uh, I, I, want, I want to say completely eliminates risk. And, and I'm sure you're well familiar with the lean startup methodologies and, and creating a minimum viable product and then iterating with your customer. It, you know, we came from a model of that we were so clever we needed to release you know the the world was just going to love what we had and so we were 5 million dollars into the project before we did anything that could be resem- you know, could resemble a market test mm. and now you know that kind of hubris doesn't deserve to be rewarded you know you might get lucky and get away with it but sooner or later uh, the market will slap you down for the, for that kind of cockiness and so this knowing that you know all we have is a focus group of one or me and my team we love this the only thing that matters is how does the market react to it and then you know pivoting or 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 changing based on the reaction of the market to your product it takes the ego out of it jay abraham always said don't fall in love with your product fall in love with your customer mm. and i fell in love with my product right and it's it deserves to be punished, and the market's really good at that. <laughs> it's an efficient market sometimes, Jeff. And yes, you know Eric Reese is an amazing entrepreneur. We are blessed to have him as an alumni of Entrepreneur on Fire. He was a great past guest, and he talked so well and thoroughly about that minimally viable product, about how the sooner that you can get that potential product in the hands of your perfect customers to get feedback, to get those mothers telling you, um, yeah, this is a good theory, Jeff, but I'll never use it because I don't know how to use an iPod or iTunes. That's critical, critical knowledge that you need to garner Fire Nation as early as possible. And, you know, the great founder of LinkedIn, Jeff, gave this quote, you know, if you're not embarrassed by the first product that you shipped, that means you've waited way too long. You know, his point behind that is like, listen, you got to just get something out there that that vaguely resembles your 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 dream, your your overall end vision just so you can start getting reactions as soon as possible. So, Jeff, great takeaways, amazing story, and let's use the story vibe itself as we move forward to to another another point in your life. And this is going to be the other end of the spectrum. This is going to be, Jeff, an aha moment, a light bulb moment. I mean, you've had many of these. I mean, you've been shortlisted for the Academy Awards. You've been featured in Forbes as a crowdfunding expert. I mean, you've had a lot of wonderfully bright epiphanies. But just tell us one of those, Jeff. Take us to the moment in time of one of these epiphanies and walk us through the steps you took after having this idea to turn it into success. I grew up, my dad used to listen to uh, records while he was shaving. These, he had a, a battery-powered record player that he would set on the back of the toilet. Earl Nightingale reading Think and Grow Rich and The Strangest Secret from Earl Nightingale, both of which he got from the Success Motivation Institute in Waco, Texas. And, uh, you know, I, I, 
I, you know, grew up, I remember being, you know, six, seven, eight years old listening to these albums. Later, when I was in my 20s, I ended up owning a company and one of my offices was in Waco, Texas. And I went down to the Success Motivation Institute and went on a tour and listened to their founder. And he said that he made the decision, his company, he had two values. Number one was to make an impact. Number two was to make a profit. And I was 24 or 25 at the time. And it sounded good to me. I was busy assembling my philosophy of life. And so I adopted that. And that single phrase, I I repeated it, I can think of two times last week when people were talking to me about doing something is I have two requirements for anything I do. Number one, I make want to make an impact. Number two, I want to make a profit. And this, you know, it gives meaning to your life and sustainability to your life. So the films that I make, I don't, you know, there's lots of things that I could make for just the money. Hey, I had a mentor that used the phrase was always, Jeff, it's not just can we, but should we? You know, I you, I won't do something just for the money. At the same time, I won't do something just because it makes an impact if it's not sustainable. Those are the two pieces that allow me to stay in business and to have meaning in my business. Now, I love that, Jeff. And I'm actually so excited that you brought up Earl Nightingale. I mean, he, to me, is really somebody that Fire Nation needs to get to know more intimately, the work that he's done and my favorite quote from The Strangest Secret by far, Jeff, is that the key and the actual realization of success and happiness is the gradual realization of a worthy ideal. And what really struck me early in life, Jeff, about that phrase, that success and happiness is the gradual realization of a worthy ideal, is that it's not just the realization, it's not getting to that finish line, and it's not just any ideal. It's a worthy ideal. So it's gradually realizing a worthy ideal. You know, that is the strangest secret. And what are your thoughts on that phrase? Like, how do you interpret that? Like, how can we really share with Fire Nation the importance of just that magnitude of a statement? What's so funny is I haven't heard or thought that thought in that phrase in at least 20 years. And as you as you quoted, I'm like, oh, man, It, it literally takes me back to. Um, you know, I, I remember when I was a 26 year old siding salesman riding with my partner uh, between Amarillo and all these tiny little towns in West Texas and the Panhandle, Shamrock and Borger and Dumas. And then my, my last my, name, Dumas, <laughs> yeah, it was named, I'm sure after one of your great family. <laughs> it's not a great town. I'm sorry. I know. Say. I know. I've been there. <laughs> and so I, uh, um, it was my partner Red. I said, you know, Red, I, uh, I want to make movies for a living. And Red said, I, I want to be a pilot. And, and and he's like, how do you make movies? And I'm like, I don't know. Uh, at that time, all I'd done is watch movies. And I, I said, you know, and I, I want to have to go places like Miami and L.A. and, and New York, not um, Pampa, Borger, and Dumas. And <laughs> it, it's funny. He's now – finishing a 30-year career as an airline pilot, and, and he delivers and trains airlines how to fly airbuses. And I've been in the film business for 20 years, and, and I live in Utah. My office is in New York. Yesterday, I was in Dallas, and tomorrow, I fly to Indonesia. 
we are both living the dreamed of when we were in our 20s. And it is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. It, it, this is, I mean, I, I'm aware of it every day um, that I, I remember having the dream and having no clue. How do you get from pitching, you know, knocking on doors, making siding leads and selling house siding to creating documentaries that are reviewed by the New York Times? From you know, from a West Texas bumpkin to to uh, shortlisted for an Academy Award, it, it, it and not that these are the great you know. I mean, I look around. Not that these are great achievements. These were my my goals. These these this is the progressive realization of my worthwhile dreams. Wow, not, you know, it's it, uh, if. You know, I look at other Elon Musk and people that, you know, it, I, I'm constantly impressed. Peter Diamandis, you know, they I mean, good great grief. These guys are, are mining asteroids in space, <laughs> you know, I, and, and think, man, I've been asleep at the switch. But this is the life that I dreamed of as a young businessman. And, and it, to, to have listened to those albums at, you know, six, seven, eight years old and to hear Earl Nightingale's, you know, deep resonant voice as he, you know, as he read these, um, it, it, this is, this is it. This is life. No, I love that. And I just love Jeff too, how this just shows that, you know, you need to put your hopes and your dreams out there in the universe. You know, you didn't just keep this to yourself. You were talking about it with your friends. You know, you put it out there in the universe and that's the only way that the laws of attraction will ever start to work in your favor is if you get it out there, is if you speak of these things and just so, so powerful in so many different ways. And, And Jeff, on that note, like you've had so many proud moments. I mean, we've talked... About a lot of them, but if you could just take us to a moment in time, your proudest entrepreneurial moment, what would that story be? I spent the weekend with four of my adult kids. This is such an important lesson that it, it, it's in spending. It was a very emotional setting in Taos, New Mexico at a rehab center for one of my adult children. And all of my kids and I were there. And I heard the most amazing, you know, my kids are, in, in the, are all in their 30s, and they're, um, I, I heard the most amazing honesty and integrity and quality people speak. It, it was, I was able you know, to say this is the finest group of people I've been around in a long time, and it was my own children. And so to any of the, the entrepreneur it's it's business and entrepreneurship there is nothing that produces more excitement and energy and sometimes you have to negotiate with yourself to say okay if i can just play legos with my four-year-old for 30 minutes and stay fully present then i'll allow myself to you know read Eric Reese's book, get, you know, do all the things I want to do in my business uh, tonight. But right now I need to be with my children. My same mentor that used to say, uh, it's not just can we, but should we always said, you'll never be happier than your unhappiest child. 
And when you're investing in your children, you're investing in your own future happiness. So to just remain, you know, so me at 56, I enjoy business as much or more than I ever did. I love the journey. I love starting new companies. I'm doing it all the time. But the advice that I would give to anybody in their 20s or 30s that's doing this is to make sure that you put it in its proper place. Jeff, so many value bombs you're dropping throughout here. I just want to take things to present times right now because you're leading for Indonesia tomorrow. You have a lot of really exciting things right now and right on the horizon. But talk to Fire Nation. Share with our audience the one thing that has you most fired up right now. Well, the thing that I think is is it, that I really want to communicate to this group is to have everybody take a look at crowdfunding. Um, it, it's funny. It, it, there's a lot of reasons to crowdfund, a lot of reasons not to crowdfund. Most people, when they start thinking about crowdfunding, get, think it's for somebody else or they get intimidated by it uh, because it, it seems like, oh, I, I don't want to go out with my tin cup out and asking for handouts. And right. it's quite the opposite. If you know, if you, you know, like I, I think of the Arcid Space Telescope, this is a company that is owned by 10 billionaires. I mean, literally 10 billionaires, Elon Musk and Larry Page and, and Sergey and, and Jeff Bezos and, and Richard Branson. And they raised a million and a half dollars in crowdfunding for the Arcid Space Telescope on Kickstarter. It's like, you know, talk about a tall assignment when you got 10 billionaires saying, would you please give me some money? But that was not the presentation. The presentation is we're going to do something epic and we're inviting you to join us and participate with us in this. And that's the key thing. For once, entrepreneur, you know, I've raised a hundred million dollars for entrepreneurial ventures in my career. It, for once, entrepreneurs can raise money without getting giving away equity in their company. So you combine this with lean startup and, and raise less money and and raise the money you need to, to create a minimum viable product. Suddenly you can you know finish the deal. I've I've done VC funded deals that by the time we finished financing them, we owned so little of the company <laughs> we didn't care what happened. And, and, you know, this now suddenly, you know, like in, in the film business, I'm able to raise money for films with very few investors, then make the film. And then instead of selling the film to a studio the way we used to, now I can release it online and own the distribution from start to finish and build a customer list out of each film. This is a spectacular time to take control of, of your own business and your own life. And crowdfunding is a is a tool that everybody should have in their in their toolkit. So Jeff, Fire Nation's excited about this, but where are a couple areas that you feel like we could go to to learn more about how to crowdfund the right way? What's great about it is is every success and every failure is is 
uh, captured for perpetuity on Kickstarter and Indiegogo. <laughs> so if you launch a program and it fails, you will be able to to see it. There, there's some, uh, you know, everyone will be able to see it forever. So you can look at things in your area and see what made them work and what made them not work. And again, this is the tip of the iceberg. It takes some some intelligence to ferret out what's really happening. But the main thing people need to know is that there is no crowd. And, and once you get, you know, for some reason, people think that, well, I'll put something up. And if it's if it's magic enough, then the crowd will fund it. There's nobody going to Kickstarter and searching going, how can I get rid of some of this extra money I have? You know, what, what would be? <laughs> and so it's just like, you know, you putting up a podcast, you know, lots of people put up a podcast that doesn't draw the crowd. There's an, you know, it's whatever strategy you adopt, you better have one of how do I drive people to this page? And then it's just web marketing. How do I get traffic to this page and how do I make my page convert? And that piece of the equation, people generally go stupid on. For some reason, they record a video and they write copy that says, please help me. And people aren't worried about helping you. They're generally worried about helping themselves. And the pitch on the page has to be written with what's in it for them. Mm-hmm. So answering a question that, that that to that viewer of what is in it for them and that those two things, those two simple realizations are like the 90%. Those are the big chunks uh, that, that make it work. You want to be able to, to deliver uh, something for the viewer that's of value to them, not stand there and reach this goal because I, you know, I really want to serve a mission in Africa. That just doesn't work. No, Jeff, I love your insight about how studying case studies, I mean, Fire Nation, there's no better way to actually learn about what works and what doesn't work than actually studying case studies. And as Jeff just revealed, there's endless amounts of case studies in every niche and every region sitting there right now at Kickstarter and at Indiegogo. So go ahead and check it out. And Jeff, we are about to enter the lightning round. But before we do, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. How many times have we all tried to speak specifically and intelligently about a certain topic, but lack the proper lingo to do so? For example, telling your mechanic that the thingy in the engine is broken probably isn't too helpful. It's the same idea when you're trying to communicate with designers about your project. The more specific you can be about your request, the better the chances are they can meet and exceed your expectations quickly and without needless and costly revisions. 99designs makes this process easy. With a creative brief catered to entrepreneurs and small business owners, They set you up for a successful project where over 900,000 designers compete to deliver you the best design. Sounds pretty cool, right? The best part is, projects start at just $199, and your happiness is always 100% guaranteed. Visit 99designs.com slash fire and get a $99 power pack of services free. That's 99designs.com slash fire. App overload is an actual thing. It's when you have several fragmented solutions that require you to remember multiple passwords, manage way too many subscriptions, and keep track of a lot of user accounts. In fact, according to Osterman Research, most small businesses on average use up to 14 apps. 
apps. This sort of runaround can be tiresome, especially when, as a business owner, you're looking to run a lean operation with maximum efficiency and productivity. Trust me, I know all about it. Ready for a solution that will not only bring your team together in one place, but that will also help increase productivity? Igloo is an internet you'll actually like. Built with easy-to-use, integrated apps like file sharing, blogs, shared calendars, task management, and much, much more. It's a platform that combines multiple functions together in one place to let you scale collaboration over time while reducing the costs associated with app overload. It's time to start working better together. Try Igloo today, free for up to 10 people, at igloosoftware.com slash fire. Jeff. Welcome to the lightning round, where you get to share incredible resources and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? I hope I have some (laughs) mind-blowing answers. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? I'm the exact opposite. I I was propelled into entrepreneurship. My mom died when I was 11, um, and I ended up dropping out of high school Uh, I was a door-to-door encyclopedia salesman. My sister has been a professor, was a professor at a medical school uh, for 20 years, a PhD, and, you know, she's the other end of the the spectrum. But I, you know, I I had a, I remember having a toy sale where I had all toys were marked down to a dime, regardless (laughs) of what my parents had paid for them. Uh, When I was a kid, I sold seeds. um, And this is where I learned, oh, there's a difference between gross and net. I wasn't supposed to spend the money that I was supposed to send to the seed company. Mm. You know, so this was, you know, lessons from seven years old and eight years old and paper routes. And, but the reality is, I was propelled into entrepreneurship by having no education and a, a high ambition. This meant that my journey through entrepreneurship injured lots of people because my education was paid for by enthusiasm. And as I got my entrepreneurial education at their expense, that with with now the the much smarter ways, you know, I, one of the films I'm making is is the wealth gap where we're we're talking about smarter ways to be an entrepreneur where you don't have to injure everybody around you for your first decade. Uh, it's it it's just not necessary anymore. I love that, Jeff. What is the best advice you've ever received? Uh, again, this is right out of left field. But the best advice I can give anybody that was given to me is always make sure you pay your withholding tax. <laughs> and this is, I'm telling you, I've, over and over when I look at businesses that we were, that were in trouble, that we would want to go in and help, and there was always this, have you paid your 941 withholding? And there's always this sheep at, well, we, we had been, but we kind of quit paying it. And this is the one that can follow you personally. It's the only player on the field that you can never get away from. Don't do it. Jeff, share one of your personal habits that you believe contributes to your success. This is a new habit. I used to have people in in biz dev working for me that went out and, and met people. And when I started doing uh, films full-time, I started attending events myself, and I realized how foolish I had been of sending people out to do the social part of business for me. Now, after three years, my database is full because I didn't have anybody to do it for me, and I do it for myself. 
And those relationships are mine. They go with me. They're not the company's relationships. Nothing is more important than my business contacts and the business friendships and and relationships that I've developed. It's not something you want to outsource ever, even even if you're an introvert. Jeff, I couldn't echo that sentiment more. I mean, so many people ask me over and over again, like, John, how did you grow Entrepreneur on Fire into a multi-million dollar business in just two years? And I say, well, it's the 700 and now 69 relationships that I've built during these daily interviews with successful and inspiring entrepreneurs and actually caring and valuing those relationships. That has been so critical to my success and so many other entrepreneurs. And Jeff, do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you can share with our listeners? I'm one of the early converts to Evernote. I don't know how I would be without uh, <laughs> without that. And Asana for managing uh, tasks for personal and for our teams is hugely invaluable. Love that. Jeff, if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be and why? I send out 20 books a month to friends. Whatever book was my favorite from the last month. And so I, and I, I just go through my list I've got a couple hundred people. I picked 20 people that I think would benefit from that book and mail it to them every month. And this month's book was Scrum. And it, it, uh, it was written by the guy who created Scrum Agile Software Development Methodology. It should be read by every business person and every creative person. Uh, it's, I always like whatever book is last, but I, this one's going to be my favorite <laughs> for a long time. Awesome. Well, Fire Nation, I know that you love audio. So if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audio book like this one for free at eofirebook.com. That's eofirebook.com. Jeff, this next question's the last of the lightning round, but it's a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? Again, all I can think of is I would look for groups that I could be of service to, uh, to start establishing relationships Uh, to start over. Jeff, all about relationships. I love it, my friends. And let's end today literally on fire with you sharing one parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you, then we'll say goodbye. Anyone can reach me. My email is jeff at jeffhayesfilms.com. And there's no Ian Hayes, H-A-Y-S, jeff at jeffhayesfilms.com. Different groups deserve different advice instead of some some blanket piece of advice. But what I would guess the people on this uh, this group that I would project on them is, is, number one, don't do something just for the money. It needs to make an impact and make a profit. And number two, uh, remember you know, that the greatest joy that I have in my life is, is my uh, the relationships I have with my adult children. And so don't neglect that part of your life. Fire Nation, you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with, and you have been hanging out with Jeff and myself today, so keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Just type Jeff in the search bar. His show notes page will pop right up with his resource, book recommendation, email, you name it. 
And Jeff, thank you, my friend, for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. And for that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. John, thank you. Webinars are an incredible way to sell your product, grow your email list, and build an audience. Kate and I reveal our simple eight-step process on our free webinar workshop. Claim your spot today by texting WEBINAR to 38470. Thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head on over to eofire.com for full recaps of every show, our amazing blog articles and resources, and just plain fun. Your entrepreneurial journey awaits, so prepare to ignite.